we're approaching the Supreme Court not as the Supreme Court of the world. We're asking them to honor what uh, we've already done and to look at and to straighten up the uh, the courts of the United States. They are not watchdogging the lower courts. Uh, uh, the even the, the appellate courts, the circuit appellate courts. How does this? How would this case help that? Is it just? It's the first step in in getting rid of the censorship that would start to clean up a lot of. Is that what you see it as? How does it help some of these other things that you're talking about? The big word is accountability. They're not being held accountable. If you've been paying attention, you know the global economy is transforming. The BRICS nations want to see the end of the dollar reserve currency, and many countries are joining their effort. The Western banking system is the most fragile it's been since 2008. The highly respected Weiss Research Group accurately provided advance warning on which banks are going to fail with 99.3% accuracy after the 2008 crisis. They are now predicting that a whopping 4,243 banks are vulnerable to failure, and 1,210 of those banks face imminent failure. When this situation comes to pass, it will dwarf the 2008 banking crisis. The only asset that has historically weathered a storm this severe has been precious metals. It has never been a better time to buy gold and silver to protect your family. Contact Miles Franklin at info at milesfranklin.com. Tell them Sarah sent me and you will get the best service and the best prices on gold and silver in the country. That is a guarantee from them to me. Remember, info at milesfranklin.com. Tell them Sarah sent me. Do this now to protect your assets and the ones you love. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have Howard Bertram and Dr. Three Rivers coming back to the program. Howard was when he finally retired, he was the chairman of the board of a hospital system in Canada and has a long career in many things. We've talked about it in the past, polit politics and helping his communities, but he was the chairman of board of a big hospital system in Canada. And then Dr. Three Rivers, is he has two PhDs, one in medicine and one in international law. And he's the former chief justice of the Cherokee Nation. And then he went into retirement and they asked him to come back. And now he's the trustee and the chief justice for the Hawaiian Nation. And he's also forming or has formed the Federation of Indigenous Nations. And he is growing that. He's doing a ton of things. And we, when we brought him back last time, him and Howard, we talked about the UCC filing that we found. It's just this $14 trillion finding. He'll review that. Very interesting. It's all legit because they checked into it. But since then, Howard had this document from General Zellini and it has to do with the national debt being paid off. So he's going to talk about that. That is a bombshell. And we're going to dive into that and what that all means. It's pretty incredible. We also are going to talk about the Missouri versus Biden, the Supreme Court case on censorship. I was officially added to the Supreme Court case by Dr. Three Rivers, and we are going to add more people. So we're looking for volunteers first to help us add people to this case. And we're looking for some paralegals, some volunteers, maybe some lawyers to reach out. You can reach out for me on my contact form at sarahwestall.com, or you can even reply to any of my newsletters, my Substack articles. I read that. I struggle because I have thousands of emails, but if you have something saying volunteer on it, 
I will look for that and specifically grab you because that's what we're trying to do. We have too much to do and we can't get everybody added. So we need people to help us. And so we're going to have two groups. We're going to talk about it in this interview. People who have a bigger uh, audience are following. They're basically they're whistleblowers that we're adding to this to the case. So we're looking for whistleblowers, people who've been affected by it and people who are uh, with larger platforms. I really want to you to reach out to me. Um, even the WikiLeaks, Julian Assange, anybody who has his contact information or is a spokesperson for him, we'd love to at, get him on this case. Uh, other people, big people that are willing to join it and plus anybody because we're going to have, the last time we had a case, I wasn't able to add anybody to our case. We just, it was all set. This one, we can add people. And that's what we'd like to do, but we need the volunteers first. And we're going to talk about it in this case. And if you go to sarahwestall.com, all the documents that we talk about today, including the Supreme Court case that I was added to, will be on my website under this show. So look for that. Very exciting. We're going to have an exciting 2024 because this is an exciting thing that we are mounting uh, a huge message against. And we're um, creating an alliance between the federal indigenous nations conservative and independent podcasters are any pot independent. So as long as you are, we can be anything, but as long as you were affected by censorship, we are looking for a huge group of people that represent all walks of life who all agree on this topic, who've been affected. So that's what we're trying to do. And we'll get into that more, but we need the volunteers. So reach out to me if you're a volunteer. Before we get into all of this, I want to remind you that Marjorie Wildcraft, the mother of all preppers. She's amazing. She has a free seminar. So I know with 2024 and everything that's coming up with the currency collapse, all the turbulence and inflation and everything else, people are wanting to learn how to grow their own gardens and to be self-sufficient. She has a free seminar for that. So go to sarahsbackyardfarm.com. I have the link below. You can sign up for this free seminar. You'll have, I think, something like 36 experts that'll teach you all sorts of things. Of course, there's an offer at the end after getting 36 hours of free material to learn how to do this yourself. She has some offers at the end too, so to help her make some money, but it's all free. It's all free. So Sarah's backyardfarm.com. Look into that. Okay. Let's get into this really interesting conversation. Very important conversation I have with Dr. Three Rivers and Howard Bertrand. Welcome back, Howard and Dr. Three Rivers. This is an honor to have you back. Thanks for having the whole nation. <laughs> uh, uh, we've got quite a bit to share. We, we do. And when Howard sent me an email with what we're about to share, I immediately replied and said, what the heck is this? And since then, we've been diving into, oh, and people are going to learn about it. But before we get into that, can you talk a little bit about, because we had you on before, talking about this crazy UCC <laughs> situation. Sure and that you did in Hawaii. Can you talk a little, as, I know it's this is a difficult concept and topic, but as, as abbreviated as you can, and then people can go back and listen to that first one if they want to understand more. Just give uh, us yes. an update and, a, you know, what, what did we do and what's the update on it? Uh, yes. In uh, 2011, the uh, executive branch of government made quite a... Uh, uh, expose of how the economic system really works behind the, the uh, scene 
And in the recent documentary, The Great Taking, uh, it we even go deeper into this uh, what the, what they what they filed. And uh, if you can see this on the screen here, uh, this was filed in 2011 by the Obama Biden administration. And uh, as you can see, it was filed by the Department of Defense and Homeland Security, which tells us that uh, the military has more control of the uh, economic system in America, because this is the Uniform Commercial Code that they filed into back in 2011, which is registered over here. Over here we have who filed this, who they're filing against, the Federal Reserve System, and then a pluribus unum, the United States of America. And when you break down the code, uh, you got to be mindful of the upper and lower case uh, in the writings here. So over here, we have the United States. Have you ever seen it written like this? Small u, small s, small a? No. That is the de jure or the public side. Uh, when you see the all caps, that's the uh, de facto or the corporation that is pretty much in charge of everything under the military. And uh, the uh, people who operate. So these are the debtors here and here in a UCC. The secured party now, the credit, uh, the, the new creditor is the United States Department of the Treasury, 1789. Now, why are they putting 1789 after this? They're going clear back to when the original Constitution was signed and uh, bringing forth that United States, which was uh, when the 13 colonies set up their Department of Treasury. And then that got usurped in 1830. And then during the Civil War, it got usurped even more. It got overtaken. Till today, we have such a such a mess of everything. So uh, this is the collateral section. They talk about seals. But down here on page two, we have an additional debtor. And uh, up here, there have a little miscellaneous note. This is notice of legal tender. For what? To pay all debts, public and private. Well, how much? Have we got him? Well, we got uh, $14.3 uh, trillion. And, uh, well, that's moved now down here in this creditor's box. Now they're adding more zeros on. And we have now, uh, uh, we went from uh, trillions to quadrillions. And uh, so, again, the U.S. Department of Defense, uh, all caps. But still over here, we have uh, small USA. <laughs> and uh, now we have another creditor come in. Who's the North American Water and Power Alliance? Well, it's another military corps of engineers 
situation who has become a creditor. So in our first podcast with uh, Sarah, we went through all these things in detail. Uh, the most important thing is uh, the lower case right here in the collateral that they're moving around, uh, a lower case, that's you and I, the public, their collateral is as all real men with hands and legs and all real land in the United States of America. That's the public. So what's their collateral? Our children, our wives, our land, our houses on, our vehicles. They're, this is all their collateral. And they're saying it's worth 14 uh, quadrillion, 14.3. Over here, we have additional collateral in this box. Now they're saying in upper and lower case, uh, one out of many. Here's the one over here. Out of many is over here. That's on all of our coins, uh, on our dollar bills. And then they go to lowercase, collateral. All 50 states is collateral for this UCC. All cities and counties are our collateral. Okay, so let's zoom out a little bit. And this is... You guys filed a UCC, and we did a detailed dive into this, where we went through all these documents. And you guys filed this UCC in Hawaii, right? And this is your way to um, take control of this 14 quadrillion. Can you just quickly talk that's, about... Go ahead. That's what we'll be talking about today. Uh, that in the Supreme Court and how this wound up in the Supreme Court possibly today. Yes. And uh, But uh, we found out about this some years later in 2023 of June, uh, uh, May and June. It took me a good month, uh, and Howard and I and Rain Dancer, to figure out the code, to figure out what they did here. And then we decided... This is all illegal. They, they made slaves of our children uh, uh, with a birth certificate through Roman canon law. So we said, let's overturn the tables of these money changers like Christ did in the uh, Bible. And we filed a UCC making all of these people uh, listed in this UCC. Now they're the debtors of the Hawaii nation and we, we took it all up to uh, 14 quintillion. So now we have said, the Hawaii nation has said, uh, our children and the children of the Native Americans since uh, 1830, when a military coup took place and they moved the Native Americans off their land, our children's our villages, our nations, our gold that was on the land, the stuff under the land, is really worth a quint 14 quintillion. So now, understanding the UC better, UCC much better now, and what Howard just came up with today, uh, which we might get into, uh, the Hawaiian nation is now the chief creditor in the United States and, and possibly Canada uh, to help rebuild, uh, to use this money 
not for the private corporations, but for the people and for the children to pay off the national debt even. Well, and so that, that, let's get us to that. Oh, I'm sorry. Sure. The, the, so let's get to that pay off the national debt, what you just said, because there's a 14.3, the three, the 300 trillion, although I think you put it to quadrillion, there's a $300 trillion account that Howard found that uh, with the military affairs. Can you talk about that situation, Howard? Because that is a bombshell situation. And it, um, we all, we obviously have more questions around it, but you've done some research to show that it's legit. Can you talk about what you found? And you should be able to share the screen or I can if you need to. Oh, okay. Um, well, at this point, um, big smile on my face, the plot thickens. I mean, that's so I think everyone who's listening, um, you're going to be listening to reality and it sounds stranger than fiction as we go forward. It really that's does. Right. So so here's how I became aware of the 300 trillion and the um, and what we're going to find out is the 21 trillion that was allocated to pay off the national debt of the U.S. Uh, it came via a friend who saw a TikTok video. It was a four-minute video. It was from a, a Trump uh, campaign worker in, I believe, North or South Carolina. And she was flipping through all these pages. And one of the ones she stopped at, I recognized it as a UCC document. And, of course, immediately uh, that went for me to Dr. Three Rivers, where he validated it. It was an actual document. Um, we had several pages. Uh, fast forward to just a couple of weeks ago, uh, Dr. Uh, Three Rivers found the actual, the actual entire 55 pages, which this woman on TikTok was sort of showing everyone. Um, so we, we ascertained the 55 pages, went through them carefully, and um, it is just amazing. And, and maybe one of the first, before we look at the UC, any, the codes or anything like that, I would love to show everyone a letter from March the 22nd, 2017, in which General Zeleny of the Office of... Um, military settlements presented to President Donald Trump the reality that there was $21 trillion waiting for him uh, at his pleasure to pay off the national debt. And maybe that's, um, maybe that would really be worthwhile to bring that letter up and for us to read it and for everyone who's viewing to know what uh, was set in motion uh, because for, for most of the people viewing this, they do not, you will have no idea that the national debt in 2017 could have been paid off. Why it wasn't, I don't have an answer for that, but I I think this is one of the, this may be one of the most major bombshells we're going to uh, come upon in, in, in this interview today.
Experience the groundbreaking advancements of Leela's quantum technology, now backed by over 40 placebo-controlled studies conducted by elite institutions and renowned universities worldwide. This revolutionary technology surpasses previous achievements, as confirmed by prestigious organizations such as the Emoto Institute in Japan. Scientific investigations reveal that Leela's technology not only enhances blood health and circulation, but also neutralizes the adverse effects of electromagnetic fields, expedites wound healing, and elevates ATP production in human cells. Embrace the extraordinary benefits of Leela's tech as recognized and utilized by world-class athletes, esteemed functional medicine practitioners, and leading figures in the field of biohacking. Explore a range of transformative products from the heel capsule, shielding you from harmful EMFs, to the quantum block, allowing you to infuse frequencies into your cherished possessions. Dive into the realm of innovation and wellness at sarahwestall.com slash shop or by following the link below. Okay, okay, there so, we are. Um, so, Sarah, would you like to read that to, to your audience? Um, yeah, well, okay, it says, Dear President Trump, known all men by these pres presents, congratulations on your recent win of the 2016 election. I envy not the enormous undertaking before you or the task to make America great again and enrich the lives of the American people. There are some that would subvert your presidency, yet others like us who wish only for you to succeed and peacefully restore the Republic to what it's, it was meant to be when the Founding Fathers issued a bill in equity of King George III. The Secretary and the Administrator each may reject a gift when the rejection is in the interest of the government. I trust the gift will be used for the benefit of the people. Please find and close sufficient monies to offset the federal public debt the gift was delivered in honor to the Bureau of the Fiscal Service at Parkersburg, West Virginia, 3.40 p.m. on March 21, 2017, to Jamie Sailing. The instrument is directed to the attention of the Commissioner Cheryl Morrill. You now have the opportunity of solvency and to issue interest-free USN, as did President Lincoln in 1862. Trusting all is satisfactory. And then he signs it, General Zelani, trustee, Office of Military Settlements. Okay, let's talk a little bit this, because he's giving $21 trillion in this. That's what it looks like, right, when you dive into this more. Now, who is, first of all, what is the Office of Military Settlements? Oh, okay, I'll take a stab at that. Um, it was formed on April the 24th, 2014. And the reason why that date sticks out in my mind is because it was my father's birthday, uh, not the year, but the April the 24th, as well as my parents' anniversary. So uh, it, these offices were set up around the world. Um, I don't have all, all the signatories uh, readily coming to mind, but I did recall in one document the Queen signed it, uh, as did the somebody from the Federal Reserve, and there were others who signed it. The big question becomes, um, for all of us who have lived past during the last four years and have been subjected to all sorts of information, real, fake, um, um, the one thing I really want to stress to everyone viewing this is these are very real documents. It's a very real storyline. And... Um, <laughs> the, the fact is, not only uh, was there 21 
uh, trillion dollars made available to President Trump and and the Treasury. But it's the other part of the of the mystery is where where in the you know where did it come from? And I'll just be up front now, and we can you know delve a little bit de- deeper. The twenty one trillion dollars came off a single bank account in Hong Kong, which was frozen by a lien placed by the Office of Military Settlements. And that office is in California. I don't know where the other ones are around the world. Uh, What I was leading up to is I have, uh, in, in terms of my last four years, I don't really know who the good guys and the bad guys are in this narrative. I still don't know. I can only hope that General Zelani and this office represents the good guys. But what they did is, uh, for some reason, uh, they found this one bank account that had $300 trillion in it. And I'd like to just uh, pause right here and ask everybody to think, what does $300 trillion really represent? And... If you go to 2018, the gross domestic product of the United States was 20 trillion. I think recently it's 25 trillion. So that means if you do the simple math, 300, let's let's go with 25 trillion for the GDP, divide by 25, that means you have 12 years worth of blood, sweat, and uh, tears of the American people laboring to create that gross domestic product of, of 300 trillion. Or the other way to express it is the um, gross domestic product of the world for, I believe the year was, let me just go to my notes, uh, tw- uh, 2022 was 100 trillion. So that means the entire world, 8 billion people slaving and toiling, using ingenuity, ingenuity all of that combined uh, represents three years of total effort by all of humanity. That's what 300 trillion represents. So bottom line is the Office of Military Settlements, General Zelani and his team froze that money in that account, and the the 21 trillion was written from that. And Dr. Three Rivers, if you're around, perhaps you can continue the story and what this really means, um, if, if you wouldn't oh, mind. Yes. Well, this means that uh, we uh, we are the Hawaii, like General Zelani, sits in a, a position to complete what John F. Kennedy uh, fought for and died for. Uh, we're looking at the, the world he was trying to create. Uh, the uh, the amount of money he had available. He was actually printing money, uh, five uh, one dollar bills that had value. They were not Federal Reserve notes uh, and five dollar bills when when he was shot there in Texas. So, in a way, uh, it's an honor to be able to the nation of Hawaii to continue forward his dream and his goal. Uh, so. Uh, we're looking at more people to come into that dream. Uh, What we've just went over has gone to the Supreme Court. Uh, 
in a case called Missouri versus Biden, all about censorship uh, dealing with the uh, COVID uh, vaccination. So we were able to enter that case. And uh, because what Howard and I have just presented and, and Sarah is the censorship of our economic system, which provided the funds for the uh, COVID uh, situation. Uh, who was put in charge of the COVID uh, vaccination program? The same people that filed this document I showed you in 2011, the military and Homeland Security. And Mr. Trump, through his Operation Warp Speed, uh, made them and put them in charge of this. So that's another link and a curiosity. And uh, before we get more, no, this is absolutely excellent. But before we get more into the Supreme Court, can I ask you guys to talk a little bit more about this General Zelani and this three hundred trillion dollar account? And it's paying off the $21, $21 trillion debt. Uh, Howard, my understanding is that you did some research, just, just so, so people understand that this isn't just some random document you found. You did research to show, I, actually, Dr. Threemers, I think you did the UCC research to show that these that UCC is legit. You also did research to show that this bank and bank account exists and you also called how would you call general zelani and talked to him can you yes. talk a little bit about that uh yeah um well, let me go back one step uh in 2013 there was an interview with he wasn't general zelani at the time he was a retired air force officer of the canadian air force and around 20, uh, 2010, nine, after, after the, the mortgage bubble and that whole fiasco took place, um, he was retired. He was asked um, to, to investigate and to look long range at the issues for national security of Canada. And he took up that challenge. And basically what he came, the conclusion he came to is that the greatest threat to Canada was the government itself in our banks. Incredible. And then he did something very brave. He actually lived um, not too far from where I live. Um, one of the locations is, is uh, the Air Force Base at Trenton. He had a property there and elsewhere. He had three properties. And what he did is he stopped paying his mortgage on the three and he went about to expose the fraud of the banks and mortgages and things like that. He went before the courts in Ontario. Um, that, so that interview is 2013. Now, the letter that Sarah just read from March the 22nd, 2017, uh, he's General Zelani handling $21 trillion. I have no idea how to fill in the gaps there. Um, well, how did he become a general? And, and is he a general with the United States government or with the Canadian government? Uh, okay, I would think it would be with the US military. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Um, my conversation was brief. I felt very honored 
that he actually picked up the phone and talked to me. I knew it was him instantly because the voice in that interview from 2013 was the voice I heard at the other end of the phone. It was not a long conversation. I wanted to identify myself. I wanted him to know that we were aware of the, you know, the 55 pages of that document. But I also asked him specifically, was he aware of the filing from the Hawaiian nation on June the 23rd, 2023, of which he was not aware of. So what I did that afternoon is um, I actually sent him via email all that documentation, including Sarah, your interview with Dr. Three Rivers and myself. Um, he was very gracious. He said, basically, he said, if there is something down the road I can do for the Hawaiian people, let me know. And um, so that I haven't communicated with him since. Um, I'm hoping that after this interview and after um, what takes place today, that um, you know, Doctor Three Rivers or someone, we we we. I mean, we all have questions. We have amazing questions. Um, that we can connect uh, with him again, and that he would once to be again be gracious and um, and communicate with us, and and perhaps uh, uh, answer some of the 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 fill in the blanks that we very much still have. That's so right. that's I, I yeah. left him a message and an email, but at, I just did that over the vacation, right, and yeah. January first. So. This is January 2nd that we're recording, so he hasn't had enough time, but I'm hoping once this airs that he hears it and he can get back to us, or he just gets my message before that. And we'll do an update. Go ahead. Sarah, if I may, I want to go back to one point in the letter from March the 22nd. And because people, not everyone has a historical memory or background, so the very last sentence for me almost brought me to tears because I know this history so well. Um, it says, you now have the opportunity of solvency and to issue interest-free U.S. and uh, United States notes. Now, in the history of the United States, when Lincoln was fighting the war, wars are costly, they have to be financed. Um, he thought that his only option was to go to the New York bankers in which he would have had to pay upwards to 28% interest. And then someone, someone close to him advised him. It was someone from Chicago. I can't remember the, the name. Maybe somebody in your audience will remember. But said, Mr. President, under the Constitution, you have the right to issue currency. It doesn't have to come from private sources at interest. So if my memory serves me well, some $400 million went into circulation. They were called greenbacks. And if my memory serves me well, the last of those greenbacks came out of circulation in 1991. What that meant is for the first time in the history of almost any nation in the world, you had a government that issued its own currency and was not strangled by interest of the private money racketeers. And that's 1862. Uh, three years later, he was assassinated. Uh, five years, six years later in 1871, you lost basically lost the Republic. 
uh, you became a corporation, the United States Corp in 1871, and the rest is history. And we can go down that, that historical line to the Federal Reserve in 1913, to the uh, Great Depression where Roosevelt, uh, it was illegal to hold gold. They set up the trusts, which basically uh, created slaves of all everyone from that point on through the birth certificates to where we are at today. And where we are at today with this letter of March the 22nd, 2017, where $21 trillion came from that $300 trillion account. And we, we don't know where those monies came from. We can speculate, but I don't want to speculate. Um, what, what Lincoln began, what Kennedy tried to do with Executive Order 11110, which is still in the books, to what General Zelani did in 2017-2018, to what Dr. Three Rivers did on behalf of the Hawaiian people and the world. And on June the 23rd, 2023, we have, you know, if you go 1862, um, um, uh, where we are now, Basically, we have come full circle, and we are at a pivotal point. So when Dr. Threverers referred to the, the great taking, um, we are now, with, these, with this documentation and the realization of this 300 trillion account still frozen, that the great taking, taking can be put on hold, and Babylon the Great can be overtaken. This is... This is a historic interview and moment, and um, it's going to be, you know, for, for those watching, uh, three people are just talking and, and showing some information, but this is historical. And, and I think as people uh, hopefully will watch this again and see the information being presented and recognizing the letting the reality sink in. We don't have to look at a world of scarcity or are being controlled by by the Klaus Schwab's of the world or the World Economic Forum or the WHO. We have at our disposal now the means to overturn the money tables of the money changers, as Dr. Schreiber's alluded to earlier. So. I'll let someone else. Well, no, this is good. That was really good. Yeah. You did a great summary of it. So, Dr. Three Rivers, can you explain why you were able to add the case to the Supreme Court and how censorship is a key factor in this? Because it's not your your case isn't about necessarily the financial system, although it is, but it's more the censorship of us not learning about this and then all the other people that have been censored. So can you talk about how you added to the case? And I was specifically added so that we want to talk about that and then what that means. And then we're going to talk about how others can be added as well. But can you uh, talk about the Supreme Court case in this situation? Uh, yes, the Supreme Court really has a hot potato here. Uh, the opposite of being censored or the opposite word would be transparency and that's what's missing from our whole uh world today uh we're not being told the truth it's like uh, the uh, documentary the great taking what we see today is not real we're living in the matrix uh, in a way i mean there is a real world out there but what we're being told 
is a fake world. You know, it, it, it's a movie that's being played over and over throughout time. Uh, so, uh, uh, censorship takes uh, place in many different forms. And generally, censorship goes to censorship. So, first you get censored and you can't speak. Then, like uh, Tucker Carlson, you actually get censured, you lose your job. Or, in some cases, they may kill you. Who knows? Uh, to put shut you, you in up. prison like uh, WikiLeaks, Julian Assange. Yeah. I'm looking at Assange coming back home to a hero's welcome because of what he was trying to expose. Possibly even Snowden coming back because he was trying to get us out of this movie that's being played by our own military and hire the, the ruling class elite. So tremendous opportunity to find more people like uh, Tucker Carlson, uh, uh, like, like Sarah herself, uh, who have stories to tell. Uh, I just put in Sarah's uh, document, well, her uh, thesis on being unpersoned. Uh, that was a number of pages that went to the Supreme Court. We're actually being unpersoned uh, because our hands and our legs are being used as collateral for the uh, rich people to play a monopoly game. Uh, even if they lose in the game, they get bailed out by who? Us, the taxpayers, just as they did in 2008. We bailed out the bankers our children's arms and legs. So those types of things are sitting before the Supreme Court. And we're looking for more people like Sarah, more podcasters to get the word out, to interview Howard and I and Sarah maybe even about what's going on, the tremendous opportunity we have to complete what, again, Kennedy was trying to get to. Uh, so, uh, but what would be the benefit of people joining this case? What would there? There's a benefit to them, and there's a benefit to the world and the country. Can someone take that on? What What is the benefit to you, and what is the benefit to the country? You being first a and number one, you become a whistleblower with your story of how uh, you were. Uh, genocided like the Native Americans. I mean, that's the bottom line of censorship, censorship. Uh, it all goes to genocide. So you become an important person in changing the world. Uh, secondly, you become a uh, real party of interest in the case where you could actually benefit in the uh, uh, amount of money that's coming. This is a civil suit with criminal implications. And there's an amount of money that's going to come from this. When you enter this as either a whistleblower, a victim, a real party of interest, you can also uh, get a portion of the award that the Supreme Court would make to uh, the uh, whistleblowers and real parties of interest. So also in that case, I ask that the Supreme Court of the United States go to its jurisdiction of being an international tribunal, which is what they were originally set up for. 
we had 500 nations here when the Supreme Court was set up in 1789, uh, when the Declaration of Independence was signed in 1776. There were 500 nations here. What happened to them? So now those 500 nations have a voice again. Uh, we're bringing back the indigenous nations who lost their land when uh, President Jackson signed the Indian Removal Act in 1830. I mean, they lost all their land, all the gold under the ground, all the oil under the ground. Uh, now they're on reservations. So we're seeing a whole new paradigm that could come out of this case. So uh, three things can come from that. You're doing your country a great service by becoming a whistleblower. You're getting compensation for what happened to you as a victim. Tucker Carlson lost his position with Fox. Now he's setting up his own Fox News. <laughs> and the people that he worked with are joining his news program because they're seeing, yeah, yeah I want to be your cameraman on your new... Uh, well, his is going to be more... His is going to do better than the Fox News is. But there's a lot of people like me who have been censored and we are crawling, you know, scraping and crawling to get our numbers back and our viewership back. And we're still being censored. We're still being shadow banned. We're still being abused. And those are the people that we want to get to. And there's a lot of people out there because I know with our last case, so many people reached out to me wanting to join our case, but we couldn't do it. It was, wasn't structured that way. But this one is, we can add people. But before we add people, we need um, a volunteer. We need a couple of volunteers that would help us manage people being added and once we have that in place then we can tell people you know how to be added now if you are already know me or if you have a big presence or something try to reach me because those we're going to do different right we're going to do things differently we're going to have two different groups can you talk about what the two different groups are either you howard or dr three rivers on who we're going to add uh yes uh uh We've got, uh, oh, let's see, lost my thought there. Um, we're at a critical juncture here. And as you mentioned, uh, like uh, you could use help in bringing this, all the podcasters could come together. That would be so great in getting the numbers we need to make what we have a reality. Uh, we always suffer from... Uh, a way of uh, enforcing the truth. Uh, uh, they have more money than we do. Uh, the corporation is bigger than we are. But it's it's a numbers game right now that we're playing. The lawfare, uh, this is a lawfare situation too, where we're going to send a huge message, right, of people coming from all different walks of life, you know, conservatives and independents and, and even maybe, maybe uh, liberal people who've also been censored, who have walked away from the left, the left, because they just aren't representing them anymore. Those people too, with the Indian national or federation, right? It's a federation of indigenous nations. We're doing this huge alliance with people who you'd never think would be coming together, but we are because yes. this is a tenant of civil of a civilized society is being able to speak. Yeah, 
So we've established a federation of indigenous nations uh, under prophecy to help move this along, to bring the uh, Native Americans back into the picture uh, uh, under the prophecies, we're called prophecy keepers. But just as you mentioned, Howard and I, we could use about three good paralegals, maybe some attorneys who realize that uh, what they learned in law school maybe wasn't the total truth. Uh, so uh, we're, we're looking for volunteers. Howard says, I just cleared thousands of emails <laughs> off of my email thing. I just can't get to all these emails as things are starting to snowball. So uh, uh, before I get to answer your question, I'd also like to mention that uh, the national debt is actually paid General Delaney actually wrote a check for $21 trillion that went to the U.S. Treasury. Whether so they accepted... It, yeah, was it accepted? Uh, whether they accepted or not is not the question. If, if I take legal tender to a debtor like the IRS to pay my taxes, if they refuse it, the debt's paid according to international law. Oh. Uh, so uh, whether Trump accepted it or not, uh, I moved that forward. Uh, our debt was paid uh, uh, six years ago when he wrote that check. So uh, that's that's huge. So we're, the Supreme Court now sits with that in their lap also. You know, okay, my second filing with the Supreme Court brought that up. My third filing now is going to bring in two more groups. And who are they? Well, I think maybe the first, maybe the more important group right now is the podcasters, the investigative reporters who have lost their jobs because they don't want the truth heard. So uh, uh, with Sarah's help, we're looking at a Zoom meeting with podcasters to uh, go further with what we're talking about today to get the word out. Then we're looking at doctors to bring into this case who have lost their license because they tried to tell the truth. Uh, doctors who believed the science. Uh, you gotta believe the science. Well, yeah, science is the truth, but you have scientists that don't tell the truth. So we're looking for doctors that have been damaged because they have stories of their patients, many patients, and what happened to them after they took the shot. So all this whistleblower evidence now can come into the Supreme Court. We can quickly get some things done without having to go up through the district court, which, like Sarah knows, uh, that takes lots of money. You can spend a year or two just getting to a district court. Now you go to appeals. Well, there's another year wasted. And in that time frame, our children are getting shots, getting poisoned uh, and uh, dying. Uh, we're seeing people, even even newscasters, just keel over uh, sudden death syndrome uh, because they've got so many clots from the clot shot blocking their hearts. So uh, we're looking for doctors, morticians, who I've never seen. I'm trying to embalm this person. I can't even get the fluid, embalming fluid in because there's so much obstructions. I've got to pull out all these clots. So 
there's tremendous stories out there that could come right to the Supreme Court right now. So it's going to take volunteers uh, to kind of filter through the important stories uh, to uh, come to the Supreme Court with their evidence that's irrefutable, uh, their testimonies that need to be heard right now. So uh, tremendous undertaking, tremendous job. So that's why we need the volunteers to help us, because we're going to have the the people who we're going to build out. They're more of a whistleblower with deep evidence like I've developed. And you're going to build them out a template like what you did with me, where you're actually presenting your evidence in the Supreme Court package. And then we're also going to, and this is where we need the volunteers, because we're not going to be able to do this on our own. There are so many people that came to me wanting to be added to our last case, and we just couldn't add people. So anyone who has a story and we decide that it it's already a redundant um you know whistleblower testimony we're we can still add you to the case and we will get their name their number evidence there we would have like maybe a little paragraph about them or a sentence about what happened and then we can add a lot of people this way so we're looking at both so we don't want to push anybody away so that how to do that isn't in place yet we need to get our volunteers first yeah well there's another big benefit i left out i don't know how much i want to say about this but uh your birth certificate uh is what gave them the authority to use your hands and legs that birth certificate went into a trust you uh depending what the supreme court comes up with uh may have the opportunity of getting your birth certificate trust back into the hands of a trustee an honest trustee there is some real money there and now your family and your children and your grandchildren, this money that you have made over the years that the government's been using illegally uh, to play Monopoly with uh, could come back and do tremendous things for your family. Uh, you're getting your children's education, uh, a better home, uh, who knows what. So there's another big benefit. Uh, I don't want to say... Uh, uh, some people have heard of Nessera and Gessera. Well, this is kind of like that. And this is what Kennedy was trying to do, build a better world. Yeah, this uh, was, it's not Nessera Gessera, but it's it's in that light of it. And it could essentially be it if you want to go that far. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're getting to grassroots here where people have to become responsible for themselves. You can no longer pass it off on government. Someday I have got to be in my county I've got to take my time and be a county official on the school board, on the ethics committee. That's right. And I've got to learn about how government really works at a community, county level, and hold my sheriff accountable for what's really going on for some of the things he's missing intentionally or unintentionally. Uh, we're supposed to have militias at a county level, according to the Constitution to keep the sheriff in line, to make sure that uh, we have a, a small military there should the whole state be challenged by something like people crossing the border in my state of Texas, that this has got to stop. And I can call upon the county militias to patrol the border and help the border patrol do what they need to do.
So we're looking at something very huge here happening at a grassroots. If we had banking systems at a county level instead of at an international level, we could keep track of our banks even much better. Uh, there would be no reason to go into bankruptcy at a national level like we did in 1933 because all of our banks are happening at more of a grassroots level like uh, Howard mentioned, the uh, the state of uh, North Dakota. Yeah, North Dakota. Has set up their own banking system at a state level. We're not relying on the feds anymore. And to, I've, to had, I've had Ellen Brown on many times. We've talked about North Dakota and how they manage their their state. And during the 2008 crisis, they were the only state that never went into the red. They were able to manage it and be fine. But let's talk yeah. about what happens if the Supreme Court doesn't just ignores it. Can they just ignore this this addition? And what does that mean? The Supreme Court has the uh, power to uh, say, your evidence is not worth anything. We are going to disqualify your entering as uh, whistleblowers. Uh, or we're going to disqualify you as being real parties uh, in, in interest uh, because it doesn't fit our uh, original case uh, you know, to come up with some excuse to uh, disqualify us like they did in Sarah's case at the lower level. You know, she spent lots of money, lots of time on an attorney, uh, working her way up and then kind of couldn't go any further after her appeal. Uh, 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 there, uh, I can't remember what circuit. It was a Ninth uh, because, Circuit, and they just didn't even, it was, there's so many crazy no. things with it that, to me, it, it then, shows that there was something else happening. But yeah. Yeah. I offered Sarah an opportunity to bring her whole, all of her case into the Supreme Court as a whistleblower, not spend any more money, uh, and get back to accomplishing her dream of, of exposing and getting uh, uh, the uh investigated journalists uh, of a position and a court case they could refer to anytime uh, their stuff tried to be centered, censored by the corporations to keep hidden what the uh, Pfizer and the uh, uh, pharmaceutical people were doing to make billions of dollars and keep uh, censor any dissenting opinions and any proof that they had poisons in their in their shots and things. They were actually oh, and, and human trafficking and the campaign. And I mean, there's so many things that people have been censored over anything that's not, um, that doesn't work with their narrative. That's messing up their agenda. They censor. So the more voices we have watching the Supreme court, the less chances there is of them, uh, kicking our whistleblower information out. And, uh, actually censoring us, which is what the whole case is about. The Supreme Court could actually so it censor makes the us. Case, it makes the case stronger when you add whistleblowers to a case. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. It makes it much more difficult for them to come up with an excuse to uh, dishonor our presentments <laughs> and our, our bringing home. And we are bringing a big uh, burden to the Supreme Court. I mean, uh, and what that, happens if they ignore it? Then it makes them 
I mean, if we make enough noise and they just ignore us, then well, uh, th- th- see that's the case that we get can, we get worried about is that they can just ignore us. But if they ignore us, then they're they're malfeasance in their job, right? They're not. They become the- they become complicit with what's going on. Then we have to come back to the Federation of Indigenous Nations Court, and we have to have a Nuremberg uh, type of international tribunal to go after the people who are killing people with a shot uh, in the arm. Uh, So there is another, we're asking the Supreme Court to come into this because the Federation of Indigenous Nations Court has already ruled on these things. We're asking for comity with other courts. Uh, we have a uh, indigenous native court in Canada, similar to the Federation of Indigenous Courts. And they've also uh, come up with writs of mandamus from their tribunals. So uh, we're, we're approaching the Supreme Court, not as the Supreme Court of the world. We're asking them to honor what uh, we've already done and to look at and to straighten up the uh, the courts of the United States, they are not watchdogging the lower courts, uh, uh, the even the, the appellate courts, the circuit appellate courts. How does this? How would this case help that? Is it just? It's the first step in in getting rid of the censorship that would start to clean up a lot of. Is that what you see it as? How does it help some of these other things that you're talking about? The big word is accountability. They're not being held accountable. Uh, the ethics committee at the federal level should be looking at the Supreme Court, should be looking at the uh, what's going on with the J6. Uh, That's right. Uh, people that have been in prison for almost three years. Uh, I mean, we've got so much uh, unethical behavior. If, if we could get our courts back tomorrow, uh, the system would self-correct. Uh, Sarah's case would have been heard uh, uh, properly in not a private court, but in a public court. It's, in my humble opinion, our courts are private corporation courts uh, operated under the military. And the audience, I encourage them so much to look at that one hour, uh, you owe nothing, the great taking. that that cuts. He talks about the UCC, which is a bigger part of what we're talking about and how corrupt it's become. Um, uh, you can look up online uh, what we started off with in Massachusetts. You can actually see for yourself the UCC that was filed, upper and lower case. Uh, you can look up General Delaney's UCC. Uh, his 2017 was filed in uh, California. So you go to the UCC of California and look up uh, that, and you can see for yourself. No, this isn't made up. This is true. Uh, and uh, so, so where uh, can people, winding this out, because we're going to do more of these presentations. Once I get, first of all, we need some volunteers. So please reach out to me if you're willing to volunteer to do this. This will be, you know, some way that you can serve your country and the world. And we really, really appreciate getting some volunteers. Um, but where can people learn more and about what you guys are doing specifically? Um, even though we're going to be talking about this more as we go, 
in the meantime, people are going to want to to watch you and see more of what you're doing. Where can they go? Uh, well, Sarah, if I may take a first stab at this, um, you have no idea how many emails I've sent out when people have asked me to explain the UCC and I've referenced your interview with the attachments, those four attachments. So I think it's going to be very important for some of this information to, uh, however you present this on your website, to add more attachments, especially the letter from March the 22nd, um, some other two or three more uh, attachments from the 55 pages so people see the reality. But the other thing, I, I've got to get this plug in right now. Everyone listening and everyone who will um, see this and share this, I think what this interview has just done is changed the whole complexion of the U.S. election coming up. Because every single candidate, I don't care what party, needs to be uh, have the question put to them, why haven't you told us the U.S. national debt was paid off? What does that mean for the American people? What does that mean for our future? Why, 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 why is the Congress talking about debt the way they are when it was paid off? What is going on? In other words, what, what has been conveyed uh, in this interview to everyone, and especially to, to the American people, is that you, um, you have... I'm sure some very sincere people running, but they better be brought up to snuff ASAP because otherwise they're doing a disservice. And they better start understanding what this interview means, what the UCC means, what the uh, General Zelani, uh, what it meant uh, when, he, when he presented President Trump with the $21 trillion. And what does that mean for the election? And so, so... First step is for people to become aware of this very, very important information. And secondly, to view all the candidates, uh, give them, you know, uh, a short period of time and to see whether or not they're going to start understanding this, coming to terms with the knowledge and presenting a whole new scenario and future for the American people. Because uh, the great taking does not have to happen. It's if you really grasp the nature of this interview, the great taking has just uh, been put on hold. Babylon the Great has fallen. It fell on June the 23rd, 2023, when Dr. Three Rivers, as trustee for the Hawaii Nation, filed UCC 1308. Babylon fell. And that's so, you know, back to the Wizard of Oz, uh, we finally have seen behind the curtain. Um, but for the candidates now going forward and everyone on the circuits interviewing these individuals, they have to be hit hard and fast. What in the world is going on with the national debt? Is it or wasn't it paid off? If it was, if that's the reality, then why are you scaring us? Why aren't you saying, here's how we're going to lead this nation forward, just as a Kennedy would have? He would have created a vision. And that's... Well yeah. And then the second part to that is if it wasn't paid off, why not? What happened? The money's available. The $300 trillion is just still sitting there. Yeah. It's so still sitting there. Last time you got a lot of, you got a lot of emails of people asking questions. Do you want 
emails now or i mean i'll put everything up on the website so people can see it the attachments and so well, forth well 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 if you have it up on your website for me um then i will the emails and the and on my list i will just send everyone to your website to check it out to see the interview and to see the the uh what you post there like you did for our first interview Okay, that's what I will do. Is there yeah. anything else that you have, Dr. Three Rivers, that you're doing that people can go publicly to? Or is are you just going to redirect people to the show website as well? We're looking for people to join the Federation of Indigenous Nations. Hawaii, prophetically, was called to be a lighthouse and a beacon of hope to the other nations. And these things have fallen to me. So... It just fell that Hawaii now has 14.3 plus uh, quintillion uh, dollars uh, collateral to use to start rebuilding the world, to rebuild the, the indigenous nations. Hawaii is under occupation by the U.S. military, which, as we saw today, seems to be in charge of everything. Uh, we want to bring the Native Americans back to not being under the thumb of the corporate world. Uh, Hawaii is a par was a paradise uh, with all the roundup, with all the chemicals from the military, uh, with all the maneuvers here, our whales, our dolphins, our our, our habitat, it's looking less and less like a paradise that it was created and meant to be. So that's happening around the world to the indigenous nations. So we need more volunteers. Uh, uh, we have funds. Those funds only become real as more people realize that uh, uh, we don't need a Federal Reserve note. We've got we can create money that has something behind it. Uh, that's that's it's in the real world. Uh, we're, we're coming out from the corporate fiction and entering uh, a world that. Well, let me put it this way: the, the Native Americans have a saying: uh, "You inherit, we inherit nothing from our ancestors. Everything that we have belongs to our children." We're just the trustees. So we don't take all the gold out of the ground. We don't remove uh, all the trees. There'll be nothing left for our children. But the corporation wants to take everything now. They want to live high and mighty now. Uh, uh, they don't care about the children. So uh, that's kind of the motto that we have for the Federation, that you know, what kind of a world do you want to leave your children? That's do you, what, what I do. You have a place for people to reach out to you who might want to join the Federation, or are how do people join? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, we want. Should I just list it once you tell me what, why don't you tell me and then I'll list it on the website? People can go to the website under this show and they can learn how to reach you. Yeah. 
we're, we're trying to set up a website right now to facilitate that type of thing. The Willis, the website has built within it a um, a um, a vehicle like uh, setting up your own. Uh, uh, it's, it's, like, <laughs> it's like like Facebook, where Facebook, um, yeah, okay. Okay, so it has its own social media group kind of thing where people can but, talk but, and interact. But yeah. we're we're not, we're not quite there yet, so uh, we're okay. getting. So once you guys have that link, I'll add it to the show or to the show notes or you know the show page on my website. But going forward, once you have that, let me know and I'll I'll tell people in later as well because it might not come up there for a while you guys need a little bit more work so i'll let people know as soon as you have it but in the meantime they can go to the website and my website sarahwestell.com and search for the show and depending on when you look if otherwise it's right on the front page if they do it soon if you do it and it's months later just search for the show and you'll find it search you know it'll be under this date um the first week in january and then yeah. they they can see all the different filings and stuff. And if they did it months later, the link for where they can contact you will also be up there. Yeah, we may need some of your expertise in that website. Uh, we're, we're having trouble with the person that is setting that up, understanding the atmosphere we're trying to establish. So there's another volunteer position, you know, people out there that are really good at websites once we get that website established then we plan on setting up a bank a digital bank to start loaning other indigenous nations funds to rebuild their nations uh inventors that we want to invest this money into that know how to have ideas to create energy uh without having to need so much oil, you know, those types of ideas. So, uh, and you, you it's guys, huge what you, we're doing. You plan on this, uh, this is for the world. This isn't just for, you know, people who are lived in North America at the time of Christopher Columbus. It It's, this is for the world and creating a new paradigm for the world. Yeah. We're in the second day of 2024. This is going to be a, a big year in history, possibly. You know, 2024 will be like the 4th of July was, you know, you know we'll be celebrating 2024. <laughs> I think <laughs> like 2024 is going to be a yeah. massive year. 2024 is going to be an incredible year. Sarah, I Sarah I'd like, I'd like to, to answer your question again, because this is an important one. Just as Dr. Shriver's referred to the prophecy of Hawaii, there's another prophecy that I have lived with for decades and it's the prophecy of the seven fires. And I was very blessed. My wife and I went uh, uh, to Pawa a weekend in northern Quebec with uh, grandfather William Commanda, who was head of the Algonquin. And on that weekend, several miracles happened, including my wife's back being healed uh, from the sounds of the drums and the earth all night. She went there with a unbelievable bad back and in the morning she awakened and it was healed wow yeah wow um and there was a wedding and we saw the power of the sweat lodges um and the other thing that happened is grandfather for the first time revealed a wapen belt that was returned to him that was hundreds of years old that had the prophecy of the seven fires 
And the seventh fire talks about the white men and the red men symbolically coming together. We're at a crossroads. And we either rein in technology and move more into spirituality at the same time. And if we can do that, we will move into the eighth fire, which is peace on earth and a future of hope uh, and abundance, not scarcity. And so for, for, for me, um, we are now in that seventh fire. We, we are there right now. And when you go into the UCCs and what has been shared in this interview, and you see the power and you go back to General Zelani and what almost could have happened in 2017, I have no idea why it didn't or the, I don't want to put blame because I don't know the dynamics. I don't know who the good guys are and the bad guys still don't, but I, I do know the facts. And uh, the facts are that these UCCs exist. There was a check for 21 trillion. There's still an account in Hong Kong for 300 trillion being frozen. Anything is possible in this world right now. And so if any of the voices out there who, who are saying, um, you know, the, uh, the sky is falling, uh, it's only falling if we allow it to fall, uh, to fall. And the more of the people who are listening to this, the more the podcasters or, or anyone listening to this, uh, if you're involved in, in you know, with, with a be you a Democrat or a Republican or who, whoever, go to your candidates and say, hey, how come you don't know about this? Now you should. What are you going to do about it? And what does that mean for us? Let's have some vision. A people without vision perish. There it is. Okay, we have the tools of this now. Some leadership, yes. We have, yeah. we have the vision now. We have the tools. And we can move into a, a new world this year if enough people catch the vision, and are prepared to do something. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for joining. We're going to be talking a lot over the next few months, I am sure. And so I appreciate you coming on the show. I hope people share this far and wide and that we get the volunteers we need and that people have some hope and, and want to join and we can turn this into a huge message. Yes. We can't wait to have a podcast with the other podcasters, a Zoom call. You know, to, yeah, we uh, just keep going. Yeah. 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 And Sarah, thank you because you took a chance on us a few months ago. I can, I can I'm looking at you and you said, this is one of the wackiest interviews I'm ever going to do. And, and God bless you. You went ahead with it. And here we are all the way to the Supreme Court. Yeah, we'll just keep pushing. We'll see because we know this is right. It's just how, you know, how is this going to play out? And it'll play out how we want it to if we all join and we take it seriously and we send that huge message that we need to because we really are at the Supreme Court, which I will load those documents too so people can see the Supreme Court documents as well. Wonderful. Oh, great. Yes. yes. No, that would, yeah. Especially the heading. Yeah. We want, yeah, great. That's right. Yeah. Okay, thank you so much, everybody, and have a wonderful 2024. Yes. Thank you. Aloha. <laughs> Bye. God bless. Bye-bye.